Welcome to Well Connected, a podcast for UT Health faculty, staff, residents, and fellows brought to you by the Office of Employee Assistance and Wellbeing Programs. I'm Julie Van Orden. And I'm Anna Alvarado. We'll be your hosts for today's conversation. The goal of Well Connected is to create opportunities for UT Health employees to connect the dots between three things what's going on in your heads, how these thoughts and feelings affect your well being and where you can find resources through the university to work toward a resolution. Now, while Anna and I are the worker bees behind employee well-being, we don't do it alone. We have a team of five who collaborate together to bring quality initiatives to the faculty, staff, fellows, and residents here at UT Health. The leader of our team is Executive Director Monica Guidry. But Monica's not just an Executive Director. She's also a practicing licensed mental health practitioner. And she's here today to help us bring meaning to the value of this new initiative. I'd like to welcome to the conversation, Monica Guidry. Monica, welcome. Hello, Julie, Hannah, and all of our listeners. It is a pleasure to be here today. We're so excited to have you. So Monica, we're kicking off the Well Connected initiative with this podcast. However, it is much, much more than just this podcast. We will have demonstrations, panel discussions, and wellness presentations. Why do you think a podcast is a good addition to our wellness offerings? Podcasts are another way to connect with our UT Health family around all of our dimensions of well-being. In today's environment, this is a way to discuss relevant topics, to reach out in a way that a brochure or a newsletter cannot. In a podcast, we can have a dialogue on key topics, a panel discussion, as you mentioned, on ways that mental health and physical health are connected, as well as share the stories of those who are trying to define their journey or maybe have implemented their journey to better health and well-being. Our goal is to reach out to meet the listener where they are instead of waiting until someone calls us for assistance. Yeah, I think that part about meeting folks where they are, that's uh, that's really part of the evolution of wellness at a company, at the institution anyway, that we are really always trying to find new ways to engage folks because in the past it was one way, but we've always got to be able to be available and ready to to meet people right where they are. And I think podcasts is a, a great way to do that. You know, another critical thing about podcasts is that sometimes the help that we get is through listening to what other people have experienced Mm -hmm. and what solutions they brought to the table. And if you're waiting for that by going to one of our counselors, you may miss a prime opportunity to get some solutions to something that's right in the palm of your hands. Yeah. Right. I, I, I agree with that. And I agree with what you had mentioned earlier that, you know, I believe a podcast is such a a convenient way to receive relevant information while listening to intimate and meaningful conversations. You know, I love podcasts. I I listen to them almost every day. Um, It's kind of part of my morning routine. I listen to it in the morning when I'm getting ready, when the house is quiet, the boys are asleep, and I have my coffee in hand. You know, and as, as a parent, I like to listen to parenting podcasts because it, it it helps me realize that you know I'm 
I'm not alone in this journey. I mean, I know I'm not, but when you listen to other folks that are going through it, it, it really does, does help. Um, so I like to listen to those. And I also listen to comedy when just kind of want to brighten it up. So um, I'm wondering if you listen to podcasts and what kind of podcasts you listen to. Oh, let me begin by saying <laughs> that I typically listen to a podcast on my long drive to work or home from work. I have a broad catalog of podcasts, depending upon what I might need. An uplifting discussion, mm -hmm. very similar to what you talked about, Anna. Maybe something around hope or even humor. Or a discussion about what might motivate me as a leader, a worker, a parent. I'm not sure what all my different genre of podcasts say about me and my journey, but we won't have that discussion today. <laughs> yeah, so for me, I I do listen to podcasts, and I'm a little bit like Anna and that it's kind of ritualistic or part of my routine. It is one of the first things I do after I get out of bed in the morning is I turn something on while I'm doing my hair and doing my makeup. And it's almost always something self-help, and it is uplifting and inspirational. Um, I also listen to it when I'm at Rice or Memorial Park and I'm walking or running. But now that I hear that Anna's doing a little bit around comedy, I'm thinking that I might be taking myself too serious. I'm always in the serious <laughs> mode and it might be really nice for me to to do something that is more humorous. And that itself, I mean, that is wellness itself, being able to laugh and to like not always be on the journey, the task of wellness. I want to be able to make it lighter too. So I actually learned something here today that I want to, I want to try to, to do something a little bit different with my podcasts. So one of the things that you may not know about the humor piece and just smiling it releases all kinds of hormones in our body that are natural resistance to stress. So it's a great way to add something to your repertoire around wellness. I love that. That's so good. Thank I love you. Hearing I'm doing something right. <laughs> you are. You're doing something right. So we've been talking about why is it important to have a podcast? When do we listen? And hopefully that's giving some folks food for thought for when they might be able to work it into their schedule. But I also want to talk to you a little bit about, at least to our listeners, about our perspective and you know the approach that we're bringing when we're bringing wellness to, to the table for the employees here at UT Health. So when people think about wellness, a lot of times what they think about is diet and exercise. It's like the first thing. And sometimes it's the only thing folks think of. Some folks do go past that and they think holistically. So they think about mind, body, and spirit, which is also whole and it's holistic. But we there's a lot of actual models out there that folks use. There's national models and there's education models. We use a model that's an eight-dimensional approach. And the reason that we're using a bigger holistic approach, it's all the same stuff. It's just that we break it out so there's more places for people to engage because it's hard for folks to realize that 
my whole person is not just, you know, what am I, what, what can I fit into today? And what am I eating today? And, you know, what's my mental health today? It's so much more than that. So I'm going to rattle off the eight, and then we're going to have a conversation a little bit around those eight dimensions of well-being. So the eight are physical, mental, intellectual, spiritual, social, environmental, and occupational well-being. So Monica, I want to ask you, think about why is it important that we have such a broad approach to total life wellness? Wow. So multidimensional well-being resonates with me, both as a executive coach, as well as a mental health professional. Personally, this model helps me determine either where I want to leverage my strengths or where I may want to dial back a little. For instance, okay, here goes. <laughs> Timeliness, clutter, or multiple priorities may be creating unrestful nights for me or keep me from my self-care routines. When I get to this state, I know that I need to ask for help because I am not a good organizer. I need to talk to someone or delegate more. If I do not stop, drop, and then likely roll all <laughs> over everyone, I know that I'm going to go to that very difficult place for me from a well-being perspective. All of these are interconnected and can either increase or decrease my stress or overall well-being and well-being of those around me. When someone calls the EAP to discuss their stress, it is important for us to understand more about what's happening in the different dimensions and not just assume that stress means I'm working too hard. Mm -hmm. Sometimes stress around finances, childcare, or even relationships can result in the same symptoms as my lack of organization and delegation. So with that, the multi-dimensions of well-being help us kind of organize where to move forward, where to dial back a little. I love that. I'm going to just like take apart a couple of things for the listeners that you talked about. You mentioned clutter. And the first thing I want to say is you may be asking, what does clutter have to do with well-being? It has a lot. That is your environmental space. And I'm not talking about environmental as in the green movement or the, the wonderful job that EHS, our environmental health services does for the population as a whole. I'm talking about that vibe of the space that we live in. And is it one that is harmonious and it is, or is it hostile? And uh, is it a place I can thrive or is it full of drama? And then we take that out to the environment. Why do we have aromatherapy? Why do we have fun pillows on our sofas or creating with color the space that we feel good in? And do we keep, or do we keep it cluttered? Is it full of paper and full of things that we haven't gone through? So that does add to our stress, especially if we're constantly thinking, I need to take care of that. I need to take care of that. Every time we open the garage door. You also mentioned financial well-being. And when we think about finances here, financial well-being, we're not talking about, do 
you have a 401k or a pension plan? It's all about, you know, what are your attitudes, beliefs, and behaviors around finance? I mean, a 2014 Harris poll suggests that 20, not 20, 73% of the population is walking around stressed about money. And if I get in and I get my financial wellness, I understand it and I feel like I understand what my level of stability is, where I want to go, what the good news is and the bad news, my stress level can go down, which improves my mental health. So if you get in and maybe I'm not going to go run a marathon or join a gym, which is physical wellness, but maybe I'll go onto that wellness platform that we have for financial wellness. And and then I, I feel better. And then I it's contagious in a good way. Like one affects the next and affects the next and affects the next. So much so. Many of us, um, as we were growing up, our parents, mostly my mother, would say, <laughs> Fix your bed. Make your bed. You cannot leave the room until you make your bed. And one of the things I've realized now is, as I have matured and gotten older, it is a sense of accomplishment, the very first thing in the morning that decreases the overall stress as you go through the day. What a great way for my mom to drill into me, make your bed. And as we know, one of our former chancellors, Yep. Had to say mm-hmm. around the book, make your bed and the role that that took in the discipline that he had yeah. as he moved forward in his career. Yep. Make your bed in the morning because you will have accomplished at least one yes. thing. It really yes. sets the tone for the rest of the day. It really does. All right. Well, we've been having such great conversation about the multidimensional approach of well-being. Unfortunately, we are getting to the end of our conversation, and I want to transition to our final question that I have for the both of you. Of the eight dimensions of well-being, which one do you feel comes most naturally to you? And I'll start off with you, Monica. What a great question. So... I think I'm going to talk about this in a different way. Okay. Okay. I know for me that this has changed over the years, and it may be change month to month. Mm. But connectedness is important for me, and I think I can find that in many of the dimensions of well-being. So if I focus on finding a good rhythm to my connectedness, I feel as if it will open up opportunities for well-being in a number of the dimensions. I actually wonder if maybe maybe I'm going to have to book a session with Monica because <laughs> my 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 the thing that I am most natural at is the social connectedness part. And I know that if I look at all of those things, like I love to exercise, I that's not a problem for me, but it's not my number one thing. I am faith-based. It's probably my number one thing is that I have a spiritual piece, but it doesn't tend to falter. But when my social connectedness, because I'm an extrovert and I think it's because we moved around a lot uh, as a family and then I married a military person and we moved around a lot as a, a couple, that's so important to me. And if I don't feel like I have those social connections, I can tell you right now that my nutrition's going down because I'm going to eat more comfort food. I'm not going to be as likely to hit the trail and go for a walk or a run. And I might even come into work where my occupation, I might have this really great job and then 
feel like bitter every day when I come in because I'm upset about what's going on in my personal life. So it might not even be that I'm unhappy with my work, but just some of the one of the other dimensions that's kind of tugging me away. So that's my thing. Mine's what about yours, Anna? Um, it's so interesting that that you say social as an extrovert, because for me as an introvert would also be social as what I'm um, naturally gravitating to towards because I come from a, a big Filipino family. Um, we have lots of family members, so lots of family gatherings and birthdays when you are around um, a big family. We get together um, almost every week. And so I think that's the, the strongest piece for me. But um, I also do want to acknowledge that I'm, I'm working on other um, dimensions of my well-being and right now I'm very much fo focused on my emotional well-being you know as a mom of two young boys I'm always feeling very overwhelmed running around two little ones and I'm I'm learning coping skills on on how to handle that with a professional and so um, I just want to let our listeners know that you know we are all working through our different dimensions of well-being so if you're not strong in one aspect you know there's there's always room for for improvement and that's why our EAP office is here we are here to help you and serve you and help you navigate through that yeah connect those dots one additional piece that I want to applaud you and also um, celebrate with you is how difficult it is sometimes to ask for help. Mm -hmm. And asking for help can look a lot of different ways to people. So if there's an opportunity in the future that we can talk a little bit about that, I would love that opportunity. Of course, I. It yes. sounds like a whole a whole discussion, a whole 30 minute discussion on how asking for help. Mm -hmm. it's, it's so important. But that is our conversation for today, and we do hope our listeners enjoyed, and we hope that you'll join us again for more meaningful conversations around personal well-being. want to thank you, Monica, for being our very first guest and our great supporter. Listeners, I have a mantra. I actually lifted it from one of our other counselors, so I'm going to give credit where credit's due. I have a mantra, and that is, if you have questions, we have answers. We do have a lot of resources at EAP, and we just want to let you know that if you want to chat, if you want to contact Anna or me, all you have to remember is the word wellness. We are at wellness at uth.tmc.edu. Now, that's all you have to remember, but I'm going to rattle off a phone number here. So if you want to talk to somebody directly, you can contact to make an appointment or to just get directed. You know, connecting the dots is what we do. We are going to point you in the direction of the services or just answer or questions, you can call 713-500-3327. We do have a special line for faculty, a dedicated line for faculty, but if you call the 713-500-3327, they'll make sure that you can get connected the way you need to. And we hope to speak with you soon, and we thank you so much for listening. Take care. Mm -hmm.